0: All right, well, welcome everybody back in, and you can make your way back to your seats. We're going to continue, and if you have your Bibles with you, you can turn to the book of Matthew, to the last chapter, Matthew 28. So if you have your Bibles with you, if not, I'm going to read it here in a minute, and the words will be up on the screen, but Matthew 28, we're going to read the last chapter of Matthew in a moment. Once again, my name's Joe Crummy, one of the leaders here, and great to have you here with us. And if you're a guest here with us, we want to welcome you. And as has already been mentioned, we are coming off the heels of a fabulous conference together where we're able to gather over 300 from 42 different churches. And last Sunday morning, we we're here. We, were able, we had over 400 gathered together to worship Jesus and to hear God's Word and to be changed in His presence, which was excellent. And uh, I get the intimidating uh, job of trying to follow that up. <laughs> So this morning I was very tempted to find a message of Terry Virgo, find it on YouTube, put it, go and say, great to have everyone here this morning, Terry's going to bring the message again this morning, (laughs) guys just hit play and uh, we'll go because it's a bit like where do you go from here? With incredible teaching like that, we had salvations, we had people saved, we had many people healed, many people encouraged, many people, their minds, uh, you know, got renewed and mindsets lining up to the Word of God, and it's tempting just to sort of ride that wave, and it's tempting even already, one week later, just to go back and say, oh, the conference, it was so awesome, oh, the conference, oh, do you remember the conference? (laughs) Remember? Do you remember... And the good news this morning is this. It wasn't the conference. It was Jesus in our conference. And the same Jesus is here today. And we are two weeks removed from Easter. And this morning, I want to speak into everything that has taken place in the last couple of weeks. And I want to speak into this. And so if you're part of our church family, maybe you're checking things out. This is what I want to try to do this morning. I don't want us to miss... We had incredible teaching Thursday, Friday, Saturday. We'll get those up on the website and that. But God was speaking to us, and last Sunday morning, I felt, in my spirit, okay, Terry, you wouldn't have known this, but Terry changed his message last Sunday morning because he believed God was speaking to him to have a specific message. It was for everyone, but a specific message to our local church and the whole thing about living life by faith. And that's an individual thing, but that's a corporate together thing. And Jenny brought a prophetic word in there about us lifting our heads. And you might have missed it, because you know what? Like last Sunday, if you were around for the conference, last Sunday morning, I mean, when I started out in the morning, I was like trying to keep my eyes. I was exhausted. But when Terry started to speak, Jenny brought that word, I woke up. And Jenny brought that word about lift your heads, and she talked about the destiny of our church is changing. And then Terry spoke into that about how God's calling us to do different things and our, how are we going to respond to those callings. And I want to help teach in from the Word of God today that we don't miss what God is saying to us because it affects everything. And this morning, as we look at Matthew 28, we're going to look at the resurrection story. And the point I want to get across today And that, in a sense, to explain everything that's just taken place, is Jesus is alive, and that changes everything. So that is what we're going to talk about. So let's read the Scripture first. We'll pick it up. In Matthew, verse 1, we're going to read through the end of the chapter. It says, Now after the Sabbath, so this is just after the crucifixion, toward the dawn of the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to see the tomb. And behold... There was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone and sat on it. I love it. I mean, what a great picture. Job done. I'm just going to sit right here. And his appearance was like lightning, and his clothing white as snow. And for fear of him, the guards trembled and became like dead men. But the angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he has risen, as he said. Go and tell my brothers to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. And while they were going, behold, some of the guard went into the city and told the chief priests all that had taken place. And when they had assembled with the elders and taken counsel, they gave a sufficient sum of money to the soldiers and said, Tell people, his disciples came by night and stole them away while we were asleep. And if this comes to the governor's ears, we will satisfy him and keep you out of trouble." So they took the money and did as they were directed, and the story has been spread among the Jews to this day. And now the eleven disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always." to the end of the age. So Father, we pray this morning that as we open up your word, Jesus, as we look to you, Holy Spirit, would you come and would you teach us? Would you come and put into our hearts and our minds and our spirit your purposes and plans for your glory? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Jesus is alive, he is risen. But the angel said to the woman, "Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen as he said. Jesus is alive, and the resurrection changes everything. And so the question we have to start out this morning, because everything else follows from getting this nailed down first, is the resurrection, Jesus risen from the dead, is it true or false? Because everything else follows that. And so that's the question we have to start with, and I'm not sure where all of you are here this morning. But that is the most fundamental, most important question you have to answer here on planet Earth is what do you do with Jesus and what do you do with the resurrection? Because many people would say Jesus was a great prophet, Jesus was a great teacher, Jesus was a true historical figure, Jesus was a miracle worker. But when you look at his character, when you look at his claims, and especially when you look at his death and resurrection, this makes Jesus unique from everyone else Who's ever lived or will live on planet Earth, and so why have Christians, Christians throughout two thousand years of history believed in the resurrection and that Jesus is real and alive? Just very briefly, I'll give you some things to ponder, and then you have to wrestle through these things. First thing, there's the empty tomb, and we've already we're big into conspiracy theories, aren't we? There, there was one of your first cons- conspiracy theories right there in Scripture. Okay, the body. Was gone. So, where did the body go? And so many people believe well, if the disciples stole the body, then that's what happened. Now, here's the thing if you're a Roman soldier and you're in charge of guarding that tomb, it does not do your credibility any good that these fearful disciples who at the cross all scattered and ran away came and at night outwitted and outdid these trained Roman soldiers. That would not go down well. So if you flip ahead into the book of Acts, in Acts chapter 12, a guy named Peter was in prison. He was chained to the soldiers. He was in prison. An angel came, set him free. And guess what happened to those soldiers when they found out that Peter had escaped? There was no payoff. There was no buyout. They were killed. They were executed. You didn't, Roman soldier, you failed your job. He escaped. You're dead. And that's really what should have happened to these Roman soldiers. But there was a conspiracy they're paid off. So if the disciples stole the body, that's highly, highly unlikely. If the Romans stole the body, then it would be pretty easy to do this. Hey, the disciples say, Jesus is alive. Bring out the corpse. (sighs) Here he is. You're wrong. Squish that whole thing. But there's a body missing. So that's one thing you have to kind of consider. Second thing is this. There were over 500 people in five weeks who saw Jesus alive at different times, eyewitnesses, and because they were scattered and because it happened to different people at different times, it wasn't one big hallucination. They weren't all on drugs. They weren't all seeing things, okay? You know, those things that happen at a party, you got a whole bunch of people high and they can see things, but this isn't what we're talking about, okay? 500 different people over five weeks, different times, they saw Jesus. And they lived to tell about it. And guys like John wrote down, we saw Jesus in the flesh like we saw him. We ate with him. He had a physical body. Transform lives. Look at Peter. Again, he denied Jesus. He wept. He was embarrassed. He was ashamed. And yet, Peter gave his life for following Jesus. And you can say, well, a lot of people give their lives to following things and causes. That doesn't necessarily mean it's true. Absolutely. But here's the thing. If anyone in church history says this, Peter was crucified upside down because he didn't consider himself worthy. To be crucified like Jesus was crucified. Now, if you're Peter and you were with Jesus and he died and you knew deep inside this is all a lie, this is all fake, would you really die crucified upside down when you knew it was a lie? If there's any time to ever say, time out, you know what? We're just, you know, we're all in this together. Let's not get carried away here. Okay, Jesus is really dead. We admit it. We held it for like 30 years, but this is, Jesus, Peter didn't do that. His life was changed because he knew and we have over 2,000 years, many changed lives because Jesus is alive. We have all the fulfilled prophecies that Jesus said would happen. So all the way through, he said to his disciples, I'm going to die. I'm going to die on a cross. I'm going to be dead three days, but don't worry. I'm going to be raised from the dead. And if you look at all the Psalms, Psalm 22, Psalm 18, Isaiah 53, Isaiah 53, You go through the book of Micah, it prophesied where Jesus was going to be born, how he was going to die. All these things were out of Jesus' control. They're all in there that we point to and say, that was talking about Jesus, and Jesus is alive. And we have world mission that 2,000 years later, us included here today, of church growth despite persecution after persecution after persecution, the good news goes forth, lives are changed because Jesus is alive alive. And we're very big in our day about being sincere. If you're sincere enough, that's all that matters. The Apostle Paul said this, 1 Corinthians 15. He says, if Jesus isn't alive and the resurrection hasn't happened, then he says, we as followers of Jesus are to be pitied more than anyone. He didn't say, well, we're just being sincere, so that's all that really matters. (laughs) Paul said, if the resurrection hasn't happened and Jesus isn't alive... We're, we're to be pitied more than anyone. Why? Because he said we're still dead in our sins and we've made God out to be a liar. So the resurrection is one of those things you can't really, there's not much, you know, well, yeah, maybe, uh, yeah, maybe, yeah, I can see some points there. Yeah, well, we'll just... It's either true or false. And the consequences are eternal on how you land on that question. So it's not just sincerity. It's not just saying Jesus is a historical figure or a good prophet or a good teacher or a miracle worker. Our belief about the resurrection reveals what we believe about God, Jesus, sin, eternity, the church, money, everything. And Jesus being alive affects today and eternity. So Angela started out by saying, I've got eternity in my heart today. I was like, yes, because that's what we're talking about So we have this. If Jesus is alive, it leads to a decision. There's all kinds of evidence which has implications. And the question this morning is, what will you do with this news that Jesus is alive? Will personally and together, deny it, ignore it, or embrace it and make Christ central in your life. That is the question. Because the resurrection validates that Jesus is unique in history. He's the only Son of God. He was sent to save us from the penalty of our sins. He was sent to redeem us, to get us out of death and into life. He was sent to restore us as friends of God. He was sent to establish his kingdom here on earth. He was sent to destroy sin and death and the devil. And if Jesus has done all these things, he really is the Savior, King, Lord. And the women and the disciples responded in this. They worshiped Jesus. Now it says, with fear and great joy. I love that, okay? If you were here last week and miracles and healings were taking place, a lot of us had great fear and great joy all at the same time because Jesus is alive. So our decision is, are we going to worship Jesus? And we know from the Bible, worship is reserved only for God. But Jesus received the worship because it proved he is the Son of God. Father, Son, Spirit. And our response, when we understand and revealed that Jesus is the Son of God, that Jesus truly is alive, that he died for our sins, that he paid the price, that it's a free gift of salvation, that when we receive it, and our response is always this, we worship, we worship, we worship Jesus. And that looks all kinds of different things. That means we bow down, we adore, it's an intimate thing, it's a personal thing, it involves our whole being. Sometimes we have tears. Sometimes we have tears of joy. It involves everything. We're to love the Lord our God with our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Worship is this. We're going to live our lives that please God and what He says. So it's an intimate bow down before a king, personal, but it's also, as we said so many times, those thousand little choices of putting God First. So it leads to a decision. Are we convinced and believing in our heart? So it involves our heart, our mind, and our will that we're going to worship Jesus Christ. And worship always leads to obedience and mission. That out of our worship, as we follow Jesus as the Lord of our lives, He is the leader, then He gives us a commission. He gives us purpose and meaning in life for every single follower of jesus when we say jesus you're lord of my life okay i surrender to you i submit to you then every one of us now has purpose in meeting life we get on board in following jesus and we need to find out what jesus is all about so that's what it is jesus as we worship him he gives us purpose and direction he gives us a great commission for our lives that involves every single one of us So if you're looking for purpose in your life, if you're a follower of Jesus, what what we're going to talk about this morning is your purpose in life. Hallelujah. God doesn't leave us wondering around, well, what dream should I come up with? It's not about your dreams. It's about the purposes of God. And that's what we're going to explore more in detail. So Jesus is alive. He is risen. Jesus is alive. He sends. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son, the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. So this sets up our membership course because people say all the time, Joe, what's your church all about? What I'm going to talk about? It's not so much what our church is all about. It's all about what Jesus is all about. That's simply what we're trying to do. Okay? So no great catch tags, no great... We do have mission, vision, all those things that kind of filter things down our day and age. But what we're talking about, this sets up, what I'm going to talk about now, sets up everything over the next few weeks. Jesus is alive, and he sends. He sends with authority. All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Authority, It's another good one to look up in the dictionary. It's power to command, to determine, to influence, to judge, control, weight, supremacy, jurisdiction, prestige, rule, esteem, force, command, direction, respect, influence, administration. Woo! Jesus has been given all authority in heaven, on earth. And we see that if you read the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you see the authority of Jesus here on planet earth. Because what did Jesus do? He came with great teaching. So you go through Matthew 5, 6, and 7, called the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus brought all this teaching, and the people were amazed. It's the same word when they say amazed at his teaching as they were amazed at his miracles. The same amazed. They're like, no one has ever had teaching with authority like this. Jesus taught with authority. No one's ever improved upon his teaching. Jesus taught with authority. What else did Jesus do? He brought healing, increased signs and wonders. So again, when you look throughout the gospel, what stands out? If you were blind, you could see. If you were lame, you could walk. If you were deaf, you could hear. Amazing, amazing. Terry talked about, you know, the twenty thousand feeding the five thousand. They were all healed. And we read this little thing at the end of John. And it says this: If everything was written down about what Jesus did on planet Earth, the books couldn't contain it. And you kind of, it's kind of one of those throw you're kind of like, oh, wow, that's a lot of, but if you took everyone, if you took everyone just in this room here today, and you said, okay, Brent Smith, let's just write down what God's done in your life, in every way, and we took that for every single one of us on here, that's a lot of volumes of books. Okay? Jesus had authority, signs and wonders, miracles, healings, he's even raised people from the dead. Jesus had authority. What else did he have authority? He had authority. He had power. And again, as you read through what stands out, everywhere he went, this happened. As Jesus was speaking, ah! you're like, what in the world's going on? Be quiet. Get out. And then he continued on. Jesus had authority over unclean spirits, evil spirits, over the demonic. Jesus had authority power. And more and more, we're seeing that happen in our day and in our age. So we don't always have it quite here so much in the morning, but sometimes we do and we try to handle it to respect people and to honor them and to give them some privacy and some dignity. But folks, there's still demons around today, unclean spirits, evil spirits, and we deal with it all the time. And (laughs) Jesus has authority. He has authority in teaching, signs and wonders, and power. Jesus even has authority over creation. So do you remember? He was tired. They got in the boat. They were going out in the middle of the lake. He was sleeping. I mean, I just love it. It's so good. He's down there sleeping, and everyone else is freaking out, and the waves are crashing. They think they're going to sink, and somebody finally clues in, we better wake up Jesus. (laughs) Who's going to do it? (sighs) And Jesus wakes up, and he just comes up, and he commands the waves and the wind they stop. And that's one of the first times it says they actually worshipped. They're like, who is this man? Even the wind and the waves obey him. Jesus had authority over creation. Jesus had authority when it came to forgiveness. So those poor guys, they came, they brought their friend on the mat who was paralyzed, they get to the house, can you imagine how excited they were? We're going to finally get to see Jesus. And they get there, they can't get in. That didn't stop them, did they? They came through the roof. Poor guy's house. I don't know what. Anyway, so we'll just wonder what happened. Hope they stayed around to help patch up the roof. <laughs> and they lowered him down, and the first thing Jesus says to him, son, your sins are forgiven. And you can imagine the guys going like, that was not our mind, Jesus, in case you couldn't see, he can't walk. And you're like, who can forgive sins except for God? You can forgive, you know, when people do wrong to you, but this guy, your sins are forgiven. Jesus had authority as God to forgive sins. He had authority over death, and we see that so many times with Lazarus, okay, with the little girl. That's one of our Anna's favorite stories when the little girl dies, and Jesus comes. He clears out. says, honey, wake up. Get her some breakfast. Everything's fine. Jesus had authority. Now, here's the thing. Now, because of the resurrection, Jesus has ascended to the Father's right hand, and he's ruling and reigning, and his kingdom is coming here on planet Earth, and it's ever-increasing and ever-expanding. And Jesus says this, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Now go. So gets who gets to walk out in his delegated authority? We are now Christ's ambassadors. We are his representatives. And that's a whole teaching to do a whole thing on being an ambassador. But if you look what an ambassador does, they represent the home country in a foreign land. Guess what? We get to represent heaven here on earth. And authority has been given to us in all of those things. And so we have to wake up to the reality of this is our identity. We are Christ's ambassadors and all authority from Jesus himself has been given to us. So there's a mindset change that we need to line up with. Yes, and we live in the now and the not yet, so not everybody gets healed and people still die and all those things. We wrestle through all those things. But if we don't even realize that we're his ambassadors, we'll miss out on a lot of opportunities to bring in the kingdom of God in all those different areas. Jesus is alive. It changes everything. We're representatives. So what do we do? We pray in Jesus' name, don't we? So at our prayer meeting tonight, we're not going to say, hey, I pray all this in Joe Crummy's name. Ah, <clears throat> you know, we come, we pray in the name of Jesus. People are saved when they call upon the name of Jesus. We cast out demons in the name of Jesus. We heal and we pray for the sick in the name of Jesus. We offer food to the poor and we bind up the broken because we're hands and feet of Jesus. We're his ambassadors. We're his representatives. Jesus also says, go. And who's our example for going? Jesus. You came from heaven to earth to show the way. Okay. He left his father's throne. Okay. So whether you pick a chorus or a hymn, it's all there. Jesus left heaven, perfect heaven, We can't even get out of bed in the morning. (laughs) My nice, cozy, can you imagine Jesus leaving heaven with angels and elders and living creatures and perfect harmony and unity with his Father and no sickness, no death, no sin. He left all of that to come to planet Earth. He's our example. And then he says this to his disciples. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And he's still sending us today. Now here's two things that I want to work on. And this is really really key. And Jeremy talked about this last Saturday night when he talked about this everything that every every aspect of our walk with God is both worship and it's influencing for the kingdom of light, kingdom of Jesus, it's salt and light, it's influence everything. But here's the key thing I want to get in. Most of it when we talk about going, it's a mindset. So we can think well, we have a few missionaries who go to different places, and that's great, and we bless them, we pray for them, but it's not for me. And we disqualify ourselves from ever going. It's a mindset thing. You have to have a yes in your spirit that I'm going. And most of the time, where do we go? It's going to our family. It's going to our neighborhood. It's going to our schools. It's going to our workplace, our sports teams, everything. The going is right here. And for most of us, our going is going to be here in Fredericton. But if you think of going as somewhere out there, then you'll never go right here. So we've got to change our mindset. We've got to renew our mind that going is for every Christian. It's not just for missionaries. It's at home, work, school, sports, arts, music, everything. And we have many here who have that mindset and are going. Okay? So I'm going to pick on Chelsea Burke for a second. Okay. I get to hear... Uh, Good things from Kim and Leo. They sneak in. And Kim was telling me one of the times on one of Chelsea's presentations at high school, FHS, and she showed me what Chelsea shared about her faith to her teacher and others around. And I was just like, that's going into all the nations. Way to go, Chelsea. Okay? There's many others. Okay? I was praying for Adam Crow last week. I said, Adam, okay? grade 11, Leo Hayes, hockey team, lots of pressure, lots of peer pressure, but a lot of opportunity. God's putting a steel rod in your back to be a leader, to be an influence for the kingdom of God at Leo Hayes. We're praying for our guys, for Micah, middle school, grade six. Now's the time. Noah, grade three. I put on Facebook one of the things he wrote down. Okay, who his hero was? God. And he wrote down all the different things. That's going. That's a mindset. That's not so much the geography. The geography comes second. It's the mindset. Okay? So going, folks. Most of us here, we're going to Fredericton. But that's how you have to view it. Now the geography, and I could give all kinds of different examples, and Chelsea, I'll ask for your forgiveness later in picking on you, but... Just encourage you. That's a great example of going wherever you are. Now, geography comes next. Because, yes, sometimes it is geography. You are physically going to go. So, as we've seen with Andrew and Janet and the Dryza family, they've gone from Owen Sound to Fredericton to Charlottetown. And there is a sense of going. And we have many others who are moving about because God's asked them to. And He's put on their hearts different cities, different places different nations, and there is a sense of there is going, but the mindset comes first, and then the geography comes second. And of course, we have unreached people groups. So we have some going in the nations. so recent Sarah were just here, came from South Africa to England to Vancouver. We've got unreached people groups. We've got Martin and Anne from Germany, via Fredericton to Southeast Asia, going to unreached people groups. So this, there is, going. But it's mindset and then geography. And what are we doing when we're going? We're making disciples. We're called to call people, to follow Jesus, to obey Jesus, as, as we ourselves follow and obey Jesus. Disciples hear, understand, obey, apply Jesus' teaching and leading. Therefore, it's a decision, a process, a journey, and a thousand little choices of faith. And what's the best context to make disciples? Isn't it great if there's a family? If there's someone born physically, isn't it great that they're put into a family? So we believe the best context For discipleship is in a local church, in a family, in a community of believers. Communities of Christ followers that together help one another to love God and each other despite our backgrounds and our differences. And we have all kinds of examples in the New Testament. I think one of our favorite is Acts 2, 42 to 47, where we see godly leaders modeling things. They're teaching the Word of God. There's Christ-like service. There's devotion. There's faith. There's miracles. There's favor. There's sharing. There's people being saved and at it. And it's a context for health and growth in the presence of God. And that's what we're trying to create, that culture here. And that affects us church planning as well, is that church planning is the key part of going to make disciples. And so as Keith mentioned for our gift day, we're giving of our finances to resource going into different places. So if you've been blessed in this church, we're trying to replicate that, not for any marketing strategy, franchising scheme. That's not it at all. But if you've been blessed here, we want to bless other people by creating context for community, for people to be saved, added, discipled, worshipers of God who are then going to go as well. That, that's our heart, and we need to resource that with faith. We're to go to all the nations. Jesus is Savior of the world. It says that every tongue, tribe, and nation is going to have a people that know Jesus. And here in Fredericton, the nations come here to Fredericton. So if I could list off all the nations that have been represented at some point in our church, it's quite an extensive list, let alone the nations are here Today. Hallelujah. That's great to see one new man in Christ from all kinds of different backgrounds. Same Savior, same Holy Spirit, unified, the multicolored bride of Christ. Okay, it's the manifold wisdom of God to powers and principalities. That's us as the church. And here in Fredericton, why are we saying university towns and colleges and that and cities? Because the nations come. So the nations are here in Fredericton, UMB, Saint Thomas, our colleges, FHS. I forget the stat. I mean, I was looking at in the paper, the stat of how many international students are FHS. It's in a phenomenal number. Leo Hayes, everything. The nations are here, folks. So that's why I'm saying, as we go to Fredericton, you don't even have to leave Fredericton, and we can reach the nations. Let alone, many are going to go to the nations. And we get to do our part even a little bit, even this summer, as we sang Gary and Barb on our behalf to Zambia, to the nations. And we have many throughout the earth. We just had Tim and Catherine cross here a few uh, weeks ago. They were back after two and a half years away. They were with us. And Tim's a geologist, got a job in Australia in Perth. They're in a church plant in Perth with one of our New Frontiers churches. And when I was in Turkey, I was with Pete Brooks, Pete Brooks who oversees... Uh, the church is in Australia, and I said to Pete, hey, I said, Pete, we actually, I haven't seen Pete in seven or eight years myself. I said, Pete, we have a couple f- that was in our church that's in Perth. He says, I know. He said, they've been such a godsend. He said, they've been holding that whole church together. I'm so thankful for them. And I was like so proud of Tim and Catherine because when we prayed for them to go from here, we said, we believe you're going to be an answer to their prayers. Okay? Now, guys, folks, I can tell you story after story after story of people who are all around, and we keep track of where people are. Drive Sally crazy in the office, because I'm always like, add these people to the list. They've moved over here, but we're we're keeping track of them, because God is using different people to go to the nations. Okay, keep going, because we're, just mentioned baptism. We're to go and baptize. It's a sign of being identified with Jesus and his community, that we're marked, that there's a cost because now we're followers, we're united with Christ. We've been marked with the Holy Spirit, a deposit, a down payment. And again, baptism, we go under, it represents our death with Jesus, that we died, our old self has died. And now as we come out, we're dead to sin, but we're a new creation. We have a new identity, new power, a new family, a new purpose. We're followers of Jesus Christ and he empowers us by his Holy Spirit to live a life that pleases God just as he himself did. Woo! That's awesome. We love our baptisms. What else are we to do? We're to teach obedience to Jesus, to Jesus' teachings and commands. And that means we teach, and that's what we're trying to do here in the context of the local church, that we live in a new covenant with God. And that's why we asked Terry Virgo, come and speak on grace. We need to understand we're not under law anymore, that we're not about legalism, we're not about adding a bit of religion to our lives. We're under grace, therefore It's a new way of living, empowered to live for God. That has to be our foundation. Why are we doing a member's handbook? Why are we doing a member's meeting? Because we need to keep explaining what we're all about so that you understand that we're on a journey and a mission together. We're not just coming and sitting here on a Sunday and that's all we do week in, week out. This is just one part of a whole bunch of things and we need you to understand that and just explain what you were already doing. So that's why we want you to attend one of those evenings. We're just asking you to come to one. We've put the member's handbook out because we have so many people ask us so many questions. We're trying to explain who we are, what we do, why we do it, what we're about. So we're not being legalistic about it. We're trying to empower you. And even this morning, I'm trying to get you caught up in what we're all about so that you can take ownership and be involved in that. We're about community life the one another's, about remembering the poor, we're all about the kingdom of God, primarily comes through, we believe, the main vehicle instrument that God has chosen is the church for the kingdom of God to be implemented. And I don't know about you, but sometimes I get through that and I say, wow, and it's a bit overwhelming. That can actually be quite intimidating. And I can believe it for you, but I have a hard time believing it for me. And it's the yes, but how in the world are we ever going to do this? And we'll end on this. This is the good news. As Jesus is risen, as Jesus sends us, Jesus says this, he will go with us. So here's the answer to how we're going to do all these things. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubt it. And Jesus says at the end, behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Now, Jesus is with us, and I, pff, you'll have to listen to Terry's message again on Jesus' presence with us, because I won't do justice to it. But basically, we're like, okay, if Jesus was physically here, I would believe all these things. That, that's how I... I don't know about you, but I'm like, if I lived 2,000 years ago, and I was with Jesus, and I saw everything he did, and I was with him through all those things, I would believe. And I wouldn't have deserted him at the cross, I would have stuck with him. Because I would have seen, and I would have believed, and I would have been with Jesus, and I would have stuck with him, and I'd be his right-hand man, and I would do everything. That's, that's a lot of times what I think. But Jesus, I don't see him anymore, and they you're kind of like, is Jesus really alive? I think he's alive, and so is that. And, well, that was just an old book from 2,000 years ago, and a bunch of old men wrote it, and it doesn't really apply today. And you know, And we, this is the good news. Jesus, by his Holy Spirit, said, I won't leave you as orphans. And we read about it in John 14, 15, 16. He says, I'm going to come to you, and I'm going to send another who's just like me. So if you're freaked out by the Holy Spirit, don't be, because he's just like Jesus. So if you see who Jesus is, then you know who the Holy Spirit is. I'll send another helper, counselor, comforter, advocate, one who will come alongside. And he's just like me, and he's going to teach you about the things I taught. He's going to show you things coming. He's going to remind you of my teaching. He's going to give you peace, not as the world gives. He's going to empower you. Jesus said, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you to be my witnesses. We can't conjure up, how am I going to be better? Let the fruit of the Spirit, as you walk with Jesus and his Spirit indwells you, he will help you to have love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Hallelujah, that Jesus is with us. We say, how are we going to do all these things? His Spirit is with us, and his Spirit will empower us and that's an individual thing. We're individually, we're now a temple of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't live in buildings made by man. He now dwells with us, his followers. And corporately, we're together. We are the temple of the Holy Spirit. That when we meet together, Jesus is alive. He's real. He's here in our life groups, in our kids' church, in our youth group. We're two or three together. Je- Jesus is alive and real and with us. By his spirit, so that everything that happened in the New Testament is available for us today. Hallelujah. Now you know what I love about the Bible? It's so honest. Can you imagine seeing Jesus resurrected and you're like, hands, feet, you know, it says they grabbed onto him, believe. Like, again, I selfishly think, I would never doubt again. I would never have any other doubts. Like, I saw Jesus. I'm te- anything coming? I'm Teflon. It will bounce right off me, man. I'm a follower of Jesus. I don't care what anyone says. Here I go. And you would think, but the Bible so it says some doubt it, even as they are worshiping him. Now, the good news is this in the honesty of the Bible, we can be real with one another. And so I'll just say. You know what? Some of you this morning, you might doubt whether Jesus is real. And can I just say, there's room to work through doubt to get to places of faith. Now some of you really struggled with last weekend, with legs growing and backs being made well, and you could see it, and yet some of us doubted well, we're in good company. We only saw a leg grow. They saw the resurrected Jesus, and some still doubted. Some people, tongues, interpretation, ooh, I don't know. It makes me uncomfortable. I don't know if that's for today. I don't know if they're making that up. I don't know if that's real. It's a bit messy. It's a bit awkward. I doubt. Some of us, prophecies, wow, we got a prophecy about being a model church, influencing the nations, we've got the prophecy about a lighthouse and safe harbor for people, all these things. Oh, is that just people making up? Is that just good thoughts? Oh, I doubt. I doubt finances, people. Grace to give, we're to give. You cannot give God. God's a generous God. He'll provide for all our needs. We're supposed to give. All those things. Not under compulsion, cheerful giver. I don't know if I'm cheerful. I doubt. And the list goes on. Church planning, ooh, I don't know if that's a good idea. Don't know if Joe and those guys really know what they're doing. I really don't know. Uh, Man, our church, man, we still have a lot of needs here. We don't have it all together. How are we going to help other people? All those things. And we can doubt. I'm just letting you in on some of my own conversations with me about all these things, okay? Folks, we're in good company. And can I just say this? As we worship Jesus, even though we might doubt on those things. Can I just say, can you just keep walking forward towards Jesus? And here's what I would say. If you're nervous about these things, good. You should be nervous. Because if you're in the kingdom of God, we're at battle, we're at war, okay? Your life is not safe. It's safe in God, but it's not safe in the worldly way. So you should be nervous. That's a good place to be. Because faith in God is required. If you're saying it's not me, I'm sorry, you're called. So Jesus didn't say, and to all those with doctrinal degrees in divinity, go, all authority has been given to you. If you're a follower of Jesus, you're in. He's qualified you to do these things. If you feel disqualified, I'm sorry. As you repent and receive forgiveness, he restores, he qualifies you. If you feel inadequate, join the, join the club. <laughs> okay? We're all inadequate. So, we need his empowering, and that way, as Terry said last week, when we do the impossible, we know it wasn't us, he gets the glory. So if we doubt, I was reminded this week, and I'll getting to the close. Yeah. I read a book, ooh, probably like 20 years ago by uh, Henry Blackaby, Claude King. It was called Experiencing God, and I, kept, I keep it in my Bible. So here I am. I wrote it down. This is, I think, September 11, 1994. So we're coming up to 20 years. And they wrote about this. They talked about seven realities of experiencing God. I'm just going to read two of them, because I was reminded this week. I haven't looked at this for a long time, but I'll just read out two. It talks about when we're called by God, we get on board with what he's doing. He says this, God's invitation for you to work with him always leads you to a crisis of belief that requires faith and action. So Let me read that again. God's invitation, so God's inviting us to be about his purposes and plans. God's invitation for you and me to work with him always leads us to a crisis of belief that requires faith in action. His next point, you must make major adjustments in your life to join in what God is doing. And so this morning, you know what? Some of us are in a crisis of belief, even from last week. I didn't believe in healing, I didn't believe healing was for today. You might have to make some major adjustments. <clears throat> to line up with the Word of God. I wasn't about church planning. I didn't think. And now God might be calling me to go. Crisis of belief. Is that God? Am I just making that up? It might lead to major adjustments. (coughs) Well, we'll close with this. And Angela nailed it. Jesus says, I'm with you to the very end. And we know this. Jesus is coming again. And we need to have an eternal perspective And folks, this is what I guess my heart cry is. I just want to exhort you today, okay? Personally and as a church, let's not waste our lives, okay? Folks, we can waste our lives on so many things. And as a church, we can play church. We can come, we can go, we can punch in, we can punch out, we can maintain things. That's not what we want, eternal perspective. God's calling us to join him, to follow Jesus. Individually, together, God's calling us as a church to do certain things, to go, okay, it's gonna be messy, it's gonna challenge us, it's gonna require faith, it's gonna require blood, sweat, and tears. But can I say this? Can you have a yes in your heart? Let's follow Jesus together. Let's follow Jesus together. Let's follow Jesus together together. Let's go together. Let's follow passionately the risen Christ. Let's all of us be a key member of the church Jesus is building. Let us go and make disciples of Fredericton and all nations. We are Christ's ambassadors. Jesus is with us. Let's walk together by faith as we embrace God's leading. Let's do this together. So that's my heart to you today, is we want to get on board with what Jesus is doing. We're not making anything up that's new, Hey, we don't have any great new vision, anything. We're sticking with Matthew 28. Jesus is alive. And that changes everything. And as we follow Jesus, he tells us what we're to do. We're to go with his authority into all the nations, preaching and teaching about Jesus, baptizing in the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, okay, rem- reminding people to obey his commandments and he is with us. Okay, Let's pray together. I'll ask the worship team to come. Father in heaven, today we want to thank you again for your great mercy upon us. Sending your son Jesus as our Lord and Savior to take our place, to pay the price for our sin, for us not believing you, for us following other gods. And thank you that you, in your great mercy you've called us. You give us a revelation of who Jesus is, that he's alive today. Hallelujah. And we thank you that by your grace we can follow him. And God, I pray this morning, Lord, as we do believe, Lord, that we are in this wave of your Spirit, Lord, propelling us forward into your destiny, Lord, that you have for us. God, we want to have a yes in our heart. God, individually, Lord, corporately together. God, we want to make a difference, Lord, for your kingdom. God, we don't want to waste our lives. God, would you help us by your Holy Spirit, Lord, even in those areas where we doubt, Lord, would you keep? lifting our heads back to you and to your word and to trust you and your character and your promises, Lord. That we will walk by faith together, Lord. into all that you have for us for your glory, Lord, for the good of our communities and the nations. Lord, that's our heart. Lord, we pray, Lord, even speak to us now, Lord. Put a yes in our heart, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, let's stand if you're able. And Angela and the team are going to lead us. While we do this, Okay, We're going to take up our second gift day, so as you're worshiping, just be mindful. I think we're going to pass the baskets around again, and so we're going to ask our host to do that, and please just mark it gift day, and we'll put that towards, and we'll update you in the next couple of weeks. If you're not able to give today, you can give over the next few weeks, so don't feel like this is the last opportunity. Okay, We'll allow you to continue to do that. Okay, so Angela and the team, I want you to lead us in a response to this.